Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life podcast. I am Michelle Burkhardt, your host. I hope that this e- uh, episode finds you doing well today, okay? Um, gosh, I've been up for several hours now, and I, I just feel like I've had such a great start to the day, and-, and I hope that you have too. So on today's episode, we're talking about problem solving. Um, do you want a quick fix or do you want a long-term solution? Okay, so we're going to talk about what do you do with a problem? Um, I'm going to share a very quick process. There's eight steps, but they go quickly, I promise, that will help you solve any problem, no matter how big or how small. I'm going to share an example with you that I use with many of my coaching clients, and we're going to talk about four types of people that I often find when they are approaching a problem, And, and you can do the discrimination to figure out which type of person you are. And really, I'm going to help you move from having a quick fix to to a long-term solution, okay? That's the goal of today's episode. So you're going to want to take notes this morning. You're definitely going to want to write down those eight steps and maybe even some reflections uh, on, on yourself. So grab a pen and paper and come right back and let's get started. All right, so let's get started. Okay, so you got a problem. Now, your problem might be big, and it might be small, or it might be somewhere in between. It does not matter what kind of problem you have. Now, now let me clarify that, because sometimes you do need a quick fix in that, you know, there's there's a problem and it's in the moment, and you got to just do something now and, and go on, right? Um, so uh, an example that recently happened to us was my, when my son got injured, the quick fix was, Hey, we need a little bit of first aid. So you stop bleeding on my floor, but the long-term solution, he needed surgery. Okay. So sometimes you need a quick fix to get you into a long-term solution. However, for most problems that you're dealing with that are non-emergent, you need a long-term solution. So that's really what we're going to talk about today. All right. So you've got a problem. The very first thing that I do with my coaching clients is we say, okay, we've got a problem. Let's write it out. Now, somebody is going to say, Michelle, I don't have time to sit and write this out. I understand that. I totally do. But do you have the time to repeat this same problem over and over and over again? Okay. Because oftentimes what happens is when you don't follow this process, you, you might get that quick fix, but the long-term solution is, is not yours. Okay. So what I will find, especially with leaders is that, um, you know, maybe they're having a problem leading their people and it's a problem that comes back time and time and time again. Okay. For repeat problems, it's really, really important that you use this process because that will take care of it, okay? So everything I'm telling you right now, you need to write out. Yes, I understand that it's going to take some time. Quite frankly, when you do this the first few times, it feels weird and it takes a lot longer. But the more that you write it out now, the more that it becomes ingrained in you and you can do it without writing it out later on, okay? But I would tell you, from my own personal experience, I've done this myself and then working with other clients is, you know, the first dozen times or so you got to write it out and I promise it will get easier as you do it. Okay. 
All right, so the first thing is to really think about your problem. So what is your problem? Um, when does your problem happen? Where does it happen? Who is involved? How does the problem occur? Why do you think the problem is happening? Right? So you're answering all those questions and you're trying to be as in detail as you possibly can. Okay. Um, it's really important to write out what you think about the problem. Okay. So you're basically trying to get your thoughts from your head onto the page. There's magic that happens anytime you write something out or anytime you speak something out. Okay. So put as much detail about your problem as you possibly can on the page. The next step after you've got all that detail down is to go through and think about what, what feelings do I have when this problem is here or what emotions, right? It's really, really important to understand that your, your feelings and your emotions signify um, attachments that we might have to the problem. And sometimes, actually many times I found, you know, the, the problem itself is not that hard to, to solve but it's the emotions and feelings that get in the way of solving the problem. So you want to write down all the feelings and emotions you have in that problem, get it out of your head. Okay. Then you kind of take a step back and, and you, you leave the problem on the page. You take a step back and you think about, okay, what other times in my life have I had a problem and I was really successful at solving it? Okay. Basically, you're, you're trying to enter into this frame of mind of where have I been really successful, right? What has worked really well for me? And you can write that down. You don't have to write down the whole experience, just something to remind yourself. Oh yeah, that's right. Because here's what we're doing. We're trying in the first three steps, we're trying to get the problem out of our head onto the paper. And now when we take this step back, we're trying to enter into that frame of mind of success and achievement. Okay. The next step is when you're thinking about this time when you were successful, what did you do? What did you think? What did you say? What helped you be successful? Okay. So you're kind of trying to piece out what were the things that helped you be successful in that moment and write those down. Then when you have that on the paper, you look at it and you say, okay, of those things that helped me be successful in the past, can I apply any of those things to this current problem? My guess is after having done this with dozens of people that the answer is going to be yes, maybe not everything, but you know, there's going to be a good chunk that you can apply to this current problem. So then the next step, which most people jump right to this when they have a problem, then the next step is to come up with your options. Okay. So this we can call our brainstorming. What are the various options that you have to solve your problem? Now, we do not want to label them. We don't want to label them as good or bad. Okay. They're just options. Okay. So for example, when I was talking to a bunch of people who had just found out they were getting uh, laid off, you know, when we were talking about options, one of the ladies said, well, I suppose I could go um, sell my body on the road for money. Well, sure. So we put that on as an option and everybody was like, no, 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 don't do that. And I said, listen, it's an option. Is it something you're going to do? Probably not, but it's still an option. And it's important that you put all your options on the table and not say whether they're good or bad at this time. Okay. So you, you, 
put them all on the page and you say, okay, th these are the things that I know I can do. Now, here's the thing. This is where most people get tripped up is that they're, they're trying to find the best or the right solution. Okay, so they're looking at their options and they're judging their options. I can tell you this from my own experience. Um, sure, there's probably a, you know, at this point, this is the best case scenario option, right? And we, we usually try to go for that. But when I'm working with coaching clients, I'm listening for certain words like, oh, well, this sounds crazy, but... I know that usually it's that thing right there that uh, maybe in their head they wouldn't choose it because it feels risky, but for them, that's usually when they choose that option, that is the best option. I don't know how to really describe it or explain it, but the crazier it sounds, the more um, it works for people, okay? So the, the real danger in this step is, is your judgment. You don't want to judge anything. You just want to pick one and go, okay? You just want to pick one and go. Now, here's what's going to happen. It's either going to work or it's not, okay? And if it doesn't, it's fine. It's not like you, you failed or you did something wrong. You did the best you could with what you knew at the moment, and you just readjust, okay? So that's the final step. You readjust as needed, okay? So let me share with you how this worked for, um, the story I'm going to tell you is about one coaching client, but honestly, it's the model for many of my clients. So when I was thinking about, you know, which example to share, I had a hard time kind of picking, picking, but I'll, I'll share this one example with you. All right. So I had a coaching client and she's pretty young, um, and very new to a leadership position. And she came and she said, Michelle, I've got to have this very difficult conversation with a staff member and I don't know what to do. And I said, okay, this sounds like a problem. So let's sit down and talk about it. Now, when we were talking about the problem, she was, you know, talking about, you know, this is, this is, you know, the, the specifics of the problem, the what, the when, where, why, how, who, right? So she laid all that out. I said, okay, now tell me what are some of the feelings you're having when you're going through thinking about this problem. So she had feelings of, of fear, right? Being scared, um, being nervous, being overwhelmed, all of those things. But she also had, um, she had created scripts in her head, right? Have you ever done this before? You got to have a difficult conversation. So you, you know, lay in bed and you're like, okay, I'm going to say this. And then this person is going to say this. And then when they say that, I'm going to say this, right? And then you back up and you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, I'm going to say this, but what if they say this? Oh, well, then I'll have to say that, right? So she had done a lot of that thinking and I said, okay, so, so, you know, what have you determined from that? And of course she's like, uh, nothing. And I said, that's right. Because making up scripts in our head about what we think is going to happen actually never happens and it never helps. And so she was feeling very overwhelmed. So we're writing all of this down. Um, she's writing it down as she's telling me. And then I said, okay, so um, let's leave that there on the page for a second. Let's back up a little bit. I said, tell me a time when you were really successful in your life. Now, this is a pretty young girl. You know, she's maybe, I don't know, a couple years out of college at this point. And she, so she doesn't have a whole lot of like life experience, right? And so she backs up and she says, oh my goodness, Michelle, this is amazing. Yeah, 
I got to go to states and I won states at my swimming competition. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. That's cool, right? So we spent a couple minutes in this like, wow, that's really cool space. And what's happening in her brain? She's remembering what that was like to be successful. She's getting the feeling of it, right? So she's gone from this fearful, scary place to a place of empowerment, okay? And then I said, okay, well, let's talk about what was, um, you know, what helped you be successful there. So she listed out all kinds of things, you know, and we also talked about the, the, um, that when she first started, she wasn't successful, right? And, and so she had to build up to that. So what were the things that she did for several years to be successful? And, you know, I said, okay, think about what, what was the process that you went through when you, right before that meet, when you won states. So we walked through all that and she came up with three big things that helped her. So the first thing was just visualizing. So before the meet, she would, you know, sit down and she would visualize, this is what my body looks like, feels like, you know, how it moves in the water, right? She would visualize being on that platform and winning. Okay. And then she said one of her helpful tips was to use music, that she had certain a certain playlist of music that she listened to before every meet, and it just got her into kind of the moment, okay? I said, awesome, great. So I actually had her write down some of the songs that were helpful to her. And then she said the thing that helped her the most was knowing that after... Um, the meet, she was going to have a debrief with her coach. So she was going to talk about what went well, what didn't go well, what she could do better the next time. And I said, oh, that's awesome. So she had gotten into that habit. So I said, how many of the things that you've just listed out can apply to this current problem? So she said, well, of course I can visualize, you know, what's it going to be like after I had this conversation with this person and this person fixes the problem that we have. Awesome. So I asked her to tell me more about that. And then I said, okay, what about music? Could you use music? She said, oh my goodness. Yes. I could listen to three or four of these songs on my way to work. Perfect. Do it. I said, what about debrief? What do you think? And that's when she said, well, I'm going to come back and talk to you afterwards and, you know, kind of do our debrief. Perfect. Sounds great. I said, okay, so um, what are your options? And so honestly, she went through all of her options for having this conversation with this person. But by the time that she got to this option phase, it was almost like the train was rolling, right? She had momentum. And she said, I'm going to do this, this, and this. These are the things I want to do. I said, great. Now, they had nothing to do with what she was going to say to this person. They had nothing to do with whether this person was going to take it well or not. They had nothing to do with her performance. And they had everything to do with her getting ready to be the person to have the conversation. Okay, that's really important to see. So she, you know, came up with her options. She said, I'm going to, you know, visualize and do music and I'll talk to you after. I said, great, sounds good. Um, she, you know, went and did those and she found out that each one of them was very helpful and, you know, at, at the debrief, she came back and she's like, oh my gosh, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Great. Sounds good. Okay. 
So you see, that was a big problem for her because she'd never done it before. There were a lot of emotions and things involved in that. And she wasn't sure how to do it because she'd never done it before. So we had to get her mind in a place where she could come up with options so that she could move forward. Now, let me share with you four people that I have found on my journey. And there might be more out there, but these are the four that I think about that when they come upon a problem, these are the four people that I typically meet, okay? So the first person is the person who is focused on the problem and how difficult it is. So they're not really focused on moving forward, they just wanna sit and talk about how hard it is. They're kind of in that victim mentality mode, okay? So they, they talk a lot about their feelings but never about what to do with the problem, okay? The second type of person is somebody who focuses on the problem and focuses on the many options that they have. So they'll tell you, here's my problem. Okay, I, I could do this. Um, all right, I could do that. Or maybe I could do this. So they're really good at coming up with options, but they kind of get stuck, right? When it comes to making a decision, they can't really go forward because they're stuck. Okay. The third type of person is the person who um, thinks about the problem, thinks about the options, and comes up with only one solution. So this is the uh, person who tends to be a little bit more perfectionistic, who's looking for the right answer, right? And so they will, when they do make a decision, they're like, yes, this is exactly what it is, right? And it could go well. Uh, it could go poorly. It could you know, be neutral. Honestly, the solution that they choose right now might even help with their problem right now, but it's not necessarily going to help on the next problem. Okay. And typically these people who at, at the level three person, they will, um, make a decision, do something. And if it has a poor result, they'll get really, really frustrated and they won't understand how to readjust. Okay, they get stuck there. Or there could be the level four person who has a problem and uses the exact um, process that I'm showing you now to build a new way of thinking. Okay, because they want you want to move from doing the quick fix to the long-term solution. So what I just shared with you right now is building a new model of thinking. Okay. So when you do this model, what happens over time is it becomes so ingrained in you that you're like, okay, this is, this is what I need to do. Okay. So you quickly go from many people, you know, that can, can go up the levels very quickly when they use this process. So, you know, we have patterns and habits in our mind and you, you currently have a pattern, a habit, a, a program, if you will, on how you solve problems. And you have been using that pattern, that neuro, neuron pathway, um, for years without realizing that's how you do it, right? So, so you could be a, a level one, two, three, or four person and not re even realize why. So what I'm asking you today is to, to really think about which one of those types of people are you and how can you um, get up to a higher level, okay? So when you do this process and you write it out, just like I told you to, 
you create a new neural pathway in your brain so that when a problem comes to you in the future, you use the new program, not the old program. Okay, we're, we're building a new default or autopilot inside you. Okay, that's what this is all about. It's not necessarily coming up with the right solution because quite frankly, there's probably 10 different right solutions. It's about creating the thinking that leads you to, to getting going. Okay. All right, so I'm going to leave you with one last story to really highlight this example of the difference between a quick fix and a long-term solution. So I, I think I've told this story a little bit, but it's a great example of this. So way back when, when my son was two years old and my daughter was just born, so uh, I was staying at home with them at the time. So my, my husband was away at work. I'm here at home with a two-year-old and a, a brand new, fresh newborn. And um, I come into the bathroom and I find a plastic or, or a rubber snake in my toilet. Now, listen. As I'm telling you the story, we all know where that rubber snake came from, right? It's not me. It's not my husband. And it's pretty sure it's not the newborn. So there's only one person it could be, right? So typically what, what happens is as a parent, you, you know it's this kid. And so you call him in and you're like, hey, man, you know, who put the rubber snake in there, right? Now, when we ask that question as a two-year-old, they ha they go into kind of protective mode, don't they? They've got to protect themselves. And so you end up with an answer like, oh, not me. I don't know, right? Um, all of these mysterious, magical people who at this point should probably be paying rent to you, right? Show up. And you're like, hmm, okay. And, and, you know, some people will actually interpret that as my child is lying to me when in reality, it's not really a, a conscious lie. They're protecting themselves. And so now we go into this mode of it's no longer about the, the snake. It's about, you know, I, I have to, you know, teach you morals and, and, um, things like that. And, and then the problem is still there, right? You still got the, the rubber snake. So what typically happens in this situation when I talk to most people is that the mom is the one who goes and, and takes care of the snake, right? So now you've got a mom who's upset, a kid who's upset, and the problem has been solved by mom, right? The mom took care of the original problem, but then now we have another problem on top of that, right? So is that a, actually a solution? It might be a quick fix, but it's not a solution, right? So I flipped it on its head and I um, kind of knew that the, this was the pattern we had done before. So I tried something new and I said, come on in here. Let's, let's, um, you know, work on this. And I said, Hey buddy, you know, uh, I see that there's a rubber snake in the toilet. What's your plan to get it out? What's your plan? Now that question really leaves it open to, first of all, I know you did it. You know you did it. We're not sitting here having a conversation about who did it because we're all in agreement on that, right? There's that assumption in the, behind the question. But the focus is on what's your plan? What are you going to do to move this problem forward? And then I wait, right? And he told me what he wanted to do. And, it, you know, I had to make a couple adjustments for health and sanitary reasons. But, um, you know, we, we walked through the problem together, but he took care of it, okay? Okay. 
what's the problem here? The problem is not really the snake, which could, you know, quite frankly, I could reach in and take care of it, right? The problem is that we have a child who, you know, did something and, and created a situation where he needs to come up with a plan. So the solution is to allow him to come up with a plan and support him when doing that. Many times what I find especially when I'm working with leaders, is that they look at a problem like, hey, you should come to work on time. I know, grand novel idea, right? Um, or, hey, I just need you to do this, this, and this, right? But in reality, the problem is not what's in front of you. The problem is what's behind that, the thinking behind that, right? So Josiah was able to create his plan. Um, I We walked away from the situation. The It might have taken a little bit longer, than me just reaching in and taking care of it. However, this little two-year-old understood I have consequences for my actions, which in reality we want him to understand, right? Um, and my mom's going to help me when I have a problem and I can come up with a prop with a solution, right? Now, I repeated that over and over and over with this kid. And so he's now to the point in his life where, where those are values that are within him. Okay, so there are many problems that this child has and has had over the years that I don't have to do anything with because we downloaded that program for this is how you take care of a problem. Okay, so this is what I'm saying to you. Do you want to, you know, especially with other people that you're leading, do you want to be the person to come in and say, I told you, just do this? Or do you want people to think for themselves? Okay, because this is the process of thinking for yourself. Do you want people to come in and rescue you from all your problems? Or do you really want to make sure that you're, you're, you're learning and growing? Because I'm sharing with you right now the exact process that's going to help you. Okay, so the, the steps again, just, just briefly, are um, acknowledge the problem. So you're going to write out what, where, when, why, how, who, right? The second step is acknowledging the emotions that you have, the feelings that you have about the problem. Step three is, is thinking about what are past achievements that you have had, success with problems. Step four is what helped you to be successful in that moment. Step five is can you apply any of that to this problem? Step six is listing out all your options with no judgments, no labels. Step seven is to just pick one and go, you know, don't spend a lot of time there. Just pick one and go. And then the last step is to readjust as needed. Okay. All right, everybody. I hope you found that helpful today. I really do. Hey, thank you for being here. Really, I, I, I never take it lightly when people choose to spend time with me. So a couple things to think about as we're kind of rounding all of this out. So I have a challenge for you. Um, I want you to try this out on the next problem that you have. Okay, imagine that you're sitting with Michelle and, and I'm walking you through that process. Pick a problem. I don't care which problem it is. Just on the next problem that you have, say, you know what? I want to try this. Okay. It, listen, it's going to feel weird and kind of clunky at first. Just keep doing it because the more you do it, the more it gets ingrained in you. I go through this process um, mentally very quickly now because I've had so much practice with it. Honestly, 
The quickest way to learn something is to teach somebody else. So if you want to go through and do it for yourself on a problem, and then maybe, you know, somebody that you're you're living with, working with, serving has a problem and say, hey, would you like to try out something with me? You can do this with them as well. Okay. Let me know how it goes. I would love to know. Many of you are, are amazing at emailing me and texting and, and saying, hey, this is what I'm learning. This is what I'm doing. Keep that up. Okay. Um, okay. And I have one thing to share with you. So do that for yourself and maybe with somebody else. Now, I have recorded a video of one of my favorite books. Um, the author is Kobe Yamada, and it's kind of a kid's book. Um, and it, it, the title is What Do You Do With a Problem? Okay. And in the month of April, I'm really focusing on reaching out to youth and, and kids as much as possible. Um, I just find during this, you know, current climate of what we're dealing with in the world, it's really important to kind of reach out and share these ideas with kids too, because they need, need them. Okay. And so I am going to put the YouTube link for that video in the description. If you have kids that you're connected to and you think that they would love to understand what do you do with a problem, let them watch the video. If you have other people that you're connected to that you're like, okay, maybe I don't have kids, but oh, I know, you know, so-and-so over here is a teacher. Gosh, it's just me reading a book. I would love you to to just send it out, okay? And of course, at the very end, I do do kind of encourage kids to have a conversation with their parents about problems too, okay? So share that out, um, and that would be huge, all right? Thank you again. Um, I hope this got you thinking, and I hope that, uh, honestly, following this process, I hope it can change your life. So with that, I release you into the wild. Go forth and prosper. Have an amazing day. And we'll catch you next time. All right. Bye-bye.